from the wild woods of Vancouver Island. Welcome to the Soda Pod. Isha Jerome here alongside the state of Hoppy. And thank you for joining us wherever and whenever you are listening. I saw right when the intro video was up that we had one viewer. I know exactly who it is. We're three, we're three minutes late, so it must be Shane. Uh, thanks to everyone else who just hopped on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch as well. And for everyone listening on the podcast, Hoppy, how are you this weekend? Uh, a belated happy birthday, my friend. Oh, well, thank you. Yeah, it only came a couple days late, but it's better than nothing, right? Well, okay, in, in fairness, my uh, <laughs> my original happy birthday to Hoppy came one day late. Here on the podcast <laughs> is two days late, so there you go. Also, in, in all fairness, I really don't give a shit, so thank you. <laughs> All good. Um, what'd you get up to though? Man, we made the rounds. Uh, went out and finally went back to Dangerous Man for the first time since they opened back up and uh, got some pizza to go from Young Joni next door. Ooh. Anyone who's had it, I mean, you can probably agree that it's incredible pizza. Probably a little overpriced. So it is what it is. But this ain't okay Seventh for... Ave pizza here, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, no, not Seventh Ave. They are always, always a bargain. Um, but nope, went there. And then the next day we went out to back channel and then I got put to work. A lot of yard stuff since it was nice out, but well worth it. Oh yeah. And we hit up on mapped too on Friday. Oh, nice. So yeah, Very there nice. we go. Cool. All stuff. over, all over the place. The weekend here actually was really, really, really nice too. We were supposed to have, it, it was almost like a warning. We had our, here in Vancouver Island, we always have a pre-summer um, wave of like a week or two of just straight up summer weather. Like you're, you're swimming, you know, it's, it, it's shirtless weather out there for sure. And um, then we had a warning that was like, okay, yeah, this is nice. You had your week and a half of, of beauty. Um, now you're going to get hit with 10 days of motherfucking rain and oh. spring rain on the Island is like monsoon season. Honestly, we had about seven of it and it's been nice the last three days. So um, can't complain here in Vancouver Island. Oh my God, it looks like we have a caller. You are live on the soda pod. Who is this? It's Shane. The rapper himself. You didn't comment yet, so I figured you were trying to get on the phone line. How's it going, buddy? Good. I just cracked a Pilsner. Oh, very nice. Very nice. A little early. We're not even in the hoppy hour yet, but that's okay. That's okay. Yeah. Yeah. What kind of, what kind of fucking Pilsner <laughs> is it? Oh, it's a, it's a Van Island Brewing Victoria Pilsner. Oh, very. I love VI Brewing. One of my favorites. Um, uh, we should hit up the tap room sometime there. As Shane's been treating me well, he actually brought me a care package. So the next like six beers that I uh, show in the Hoppy Hour in the next few episodes will will all be from Shane. And he's treated me. He's treated me nice. He's brought me to a couple tap rooms uh, in Nanaimo. So I'll, I'll have to repay, uh, repay the favor there, Shane, and take you to VI. Will they be cold what? though, Isha? Is the fridge plugged in? Uh, I, <laughs> yes. <laughs> New fridge, always plugged in. More room for beer, too, which is nice. I got a blister from that basketball game you played earlier, too. Yeah, um, oh, man. <laughs> I almost... Shane's actually, like, pretty good at basketball. We play basketball every now and then. I had probably the best game ever. I uh, was sinking threes like Steph Curry, and I just can't lay up. Went for the fancy layup. Went through leg er, through Shane's legs with the ball. Did a little spinorama. Went for the layup. Missed it. And then Shane, <laughs> Shane came and back. for the win, me. too. For the win, I know, man. That was the TSN turning point. I even said, I was like, this is this is the TSN turning point. Shane's going to tune me after this, and that's what happened. Um, anyway, Shane, what do you got for us today? I, I got a wrap. Oh, okay. Hold on. I think producer's got a beat lined up. By the way, uh, Dylan Kayser, producer T, hitting switches and controls here. All right, we got the beat lined up, Shane. The, the drum's about to drop. It's all you. 
keys to the castle in my hand, so the pod coming through broadband understands the wilder in third. From here was the first place that you heard words. Playoffs are guaranteed. Ask Eric's next. The Swiss speed they need to solidify winning habits. Just keep on going like Energizer Rabbits. Fucking right. That was good, man. Even you know, even Hoppy's giving you the nod of approval. I love the <laughs> the little Swedish tie with Eric Sinek there. That's some of your best work. What the Thanks. fuck? <laughs> why, why why was that a comment? Even cop even I'm giving him the nod of approval. Because usually you got the, the Rustin Hoppy face just looking at the camera there after Shane raps. He's <laughs> trying to comprehend all the lyrical genius that he's dropping on me. I can't wait to drop the Shane Rap album 2.0, but on the Soda Pods <laughs> feed, not the Stick Hungry feed. Um, that well, now we got two in the bank. Why the fuck you lie? I'm going to do it. Uh, we got two in the bank. I don't know how many were in the bank for Stick Hungry. There was a, a whole arsenal there, but we'll we'll get it going. Uh, Shane, that was outstanding. Uh, do you got anything else for us here? Questions, comments? I'm sure you'll be on the comments uh, right after this. But uh, anything else while we got you on the line? Uh, no. Okay. Well, we'll talk to you soon, Shane. Thanks for calling the Soda Pod. All right, bye. The nicest of Shane's, your boy SV Shane, the rapper, ladies and gentlemen. Um, fuck, hit us hot with that one. Didn't didn't expect the Eckline there. That was good. That was good. Um, all right, let's jump into the show rundown into the hoppy hour because Shane's got me thirsty here, drinking his uh VI Brewing Pilsner. Um, we're gonna jump into the hoppy hour. We're gonna run down what we're drinking. We're gonna see, um, you know, what's on tap. If anyone's commented on Twitter, and everyone can, by the way, tell us what's on tap. Whatever you've been drinking throughout the weekend or throughout the week, I make a post. We encourage everyone to share what they're drinking with us here on the Soda Pod. Hoppy now will run that down on the other side. We have some NHL news, some wild talk. We'll run down. Uh, well, some of the some of the late season results of our beer bets. I know the season's not over, but I'd say some of our predictions are over and we'll, we'll dive into a little bit of that as well. It's Sunday. So we got Tim Peel's hot mic of the week going to the MLB for this one, uh, which uh, producer T he gave the stamp of approval when we were doing some prep before this, he liked that one. So that one will be a lot of fun. And then finally uh, we're hoping to bring on James Murray of everything college hockey for an MNC double a segment. They were there at the fro uh, him and his team were there at the frozen four and they got a lot of great content coming out. So uh, really excited to touch base again with James. Uh, hopefully, we can get him on the line at the end of the show. As always, comment live on the stream or call us 612-324-1684. You can always shoot us a message or tweet us or uh, Facebook us. Comment on Facebook at the Soda Pod. And um, again, our phone line is brought to you by Open Phone. So big thanks to Open Phone. It's a cell phone and an app. Great monthly rates, only ten bucks a month. Only at Open Phone. And one more time, that's six one two. Three two four one six eight four. We always ask you what's on tap. We're going to tell you what's on tap for us on the Soda Pod. On the other side, you're listening to episode 150 of the Soda Pod, presented by the Hockey Podcast Network. First, I'd like to propose a toast to UMD goaltender Alex Stalak. To Stalak. To Stalak. I love that stuff. Been drinking it for years. You know, I, I heard they recently decided to add more hops. Well, you're listening to episode 150 of the Soda Pod presented by the Hockey Podcast Network. Thanks to everyone tuning in on the live stream, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch. And of course, everyone tuning back in on the podcast, wherever you get your podcasts from. Hoppy, what do you have on tap for this episode? Oh, baby. No better way to celebrate a birthday than with the one and only peanut butter porter from Dangerous Man Brewing. 
Um, gotta also mention for the first time, at least that I've ever been aware, they actually have flights now too, which is just incredible. They just saw never that. did it before because that. they're they're so goddamn busy, and like I understand they probably don't want to fuck with that, but it was very nice to actually be able to go in and like try a couple of different beers, little samples, and then just go all in with the peanut butter porter after the fact. Um, also you telling, got here, you, you're so telling me didn't go there. Sorry, Hoppy, but you were telling me that the peanut butter porter on tap is like miles above it, it from a can and that it's it's just something special. And you, you, you're saying, I can't wait for you to come in and, and try this. Oh, you absolutely have to. And I mean, that's true of most beers in fairness, but right, yes, this one is just completely different, fresh. You go right next door to their growler shop and they just throw a hose in and just fill it up for you and you're good oh, to go. Baby. Um, and I, I don't know if, if producer T is still chilling there. I want to see if he can pronounce this with an Irish accent. Producer T? Mike's on, bud. Do it quick. Will I be fucked? <laughs> One more time. Yes. Will I still be not, I'm still not sure where the uh, where that where that that voice came from, but <laughs> it's his um, only voice. Anyone that anyone that either has or hasn't gone to Dangerous Man goes and checks it out on my recommendation. Also, definitely go like a block down the road. It's Anchor Fish and Chips and mm. literally the greatest fish and chips that you will have not in Ireland. I thought I was going to say and not better than on some Vancouver in Island. <laughs> uh, no. Shane says, that's high-pitched. Are you talking about Producer T's voice there, uh, there Shane? Yes. Um, I, I'm a huge fish and chips guy. Again, West Coaster, love, love all the cod, halibut, salmon. Big, fish big, big fish guy. <laughs> I like the band too, by the way. All right. Um, okay, I got on tap here. Uh, courtesy of Shane, your boy SV, you called this earlier. Thanks, Shane. An India Pale Ale from Wolf Brewing. It even has my mountain bike up on it that Hoppy loves so much. Um, it's coming in at 6%, IBU 48 citrus fruit. Um, it, it's it's a lighter beer and it has, and I, I don't know what this is, but I had but I had to note it pure. Loop line. So there you go. Wolf Brewing, India Pale Ale. There you have it. It's not too aggressive, and I'm fucking pumped because it's summertime, baby. Shane, yeah. Yes, Producer T's... uh, I mean, he actually, funny enough, he probably has the lowest tone of a voice in this entire room, yet when he jumps on a call or tries to mimic an Irish accent, it sounds like this. But that's why we love him. Cheers, Producer T. Who again, uh, Dylan K is a producer T hitting switches and controls here, uh, producing the show, uh, producer T shadowing as he may do some uh, production down the road. So cheers, everybody. Um, again, I, I don't think I, I posted this a little late, so we don't have any comments right now, but I want to give a quick thank you to everyone who throughout the week on Sunday, Monday, Wednesday for our live stream who do uh, contribute to this segment, tell us what's on tap, share their pictures. Uh, we absolutely love it. It's an interactive show, especially when we go live on these days and we want to we wanna bring you folks along for the ride as well. So cheers, ladies and gentlemen. I think uh, loop line means wolf-like. So it has some pure wolf-like flavors. Okay, I'll take it. Thank Sounds you very illegal. much, Shane. It's actually fucking awesome. Um, a great, you know, like I said, early, early spring summer beer here on uh, here on Vancouver Island. And correct me if I'm wrong, Shane, but Wolf Brewing, it's a local one too. Uh, I know it's from the island. It might even be from Nanaimo, if I'm not mistaken. I've never been there personally. Shane's the one who introduced me uh, to Wolf Brewing. I'm, I'm sure he'll uh, he'll comment there with the answer. 
Um, all right. Is that uh, actually Hoppy? Where do you want to go in this segment? Do we want to just jump to the hockey news, or do you want to do you want to dive into our beer bets? Seeing as this is the hoppy hour. <laughs> she you know says, what? It, says it, it might be worth. Can. <laughs> I can read IBU, but I can't read Nanaimos. It's a lot less letters. Uh, yeah, we might as well run it down, and uh, we got a couple that are going to be pretty close, actually. A couple that well are pretty decided already. Um, first of which we have uh, well top. <laughs> we have top three or bottom three of the Canadian division for Montreal. That's probably going to be a push the way it's looking right now. Uh, Cause if it ends four, we're just a wash Pittsburgh versus Washington. Pittsburgh is now in the driver's seat. Isha, how do you feel? I mean, I am a little concerned because I was pumping Washington's tires like a few episodes ago being like, they're going to be dominant, you know, fuck the pangies. Here we go. Like you predicted um, at the beginning of the season, especially obviously talking to a wild crowd here who wanted Pittsburgh to to tank of some sorts because there's draft their draft pick implications there. Obviously, um, from Washington Capitals fan, I just like to see the Penguins suffer. Love love the our boy Sidney yeah. Crosby up here in Canada. Doesn't mean I like to have. It doesn't mean I have to love the team he plays for, especially being a Caps fan. So the Caps have been dominant this season. They've 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 been great. So I'm not like worried it just irks me a bit that like of course the fucking old pengies are the ones that are now uh playing a little bit better down the stretch old pengies missing a good chunk of their lineup too so watch out um and it's funny though that you say the the crosby piece because troll earlier today just beyond triggered out of nowhere i think it was uh our boy kenny for uh the toronto pod he just comments and says that McDavid is the best player in the league, no question, but Matthews is a better scorer. Both can be true. And Troll comes in, he's like, yeah, as long as Sidney Crosby isn't even within hearing distance of it, I don't care. Jeez. That is a <laughs> that's a textbook Caps fan for you. <laughs> yeah, no shit. Um, next one. This one is pretty much locked. Uh, I have Boston, you have the Rangers, but... You never know. There's there's still an outside chance of you coming back. Here's the big one, the fun one that we're going to watch down the stretch. Dallas and Nashville. We were both pretty strongly opinionated on this yes. one. And it's going to be a lot closer than either of us thought. Um, I don't know. How, how are you feeling about this one? Again, I'm, I'm pulling for Nashville, not because of the depth that I used as my main argument in the beginning of the season, but because, because of uh, UC Soros. He is the best goaltender in the National Hockey League right now that's not being talked about. He is playing unbelievable. Now, I haven't, admittedly, I haven't looked up his stats today, but I've been keeping, I've been keeping track. And there, at one point, he was like a 9-2-5 save percentage. Um, it, you know, I think it was like a 1.8 goals against. And this was when he was you know, taking the load, taking the reins away from Rene this season, really putting this team on his back and giving them, let's be honest, pretty much every chance to win. And he succeeded in some of those really tight games where Nashville's forwards again and again, just can't get it done from an offensive perspective. And their defense is not that stellar this year, despite still having a lot of the big names there. I think they've come together a little bit more at the end of the season. Of course, they've gelled a little bit more. They probably know that they can lean on Soros a little bit more, which again, if, if you're scared of your goalie, you're going to play it a different time. Uh, you're going to play the game a little bit different, a little out of sync, a little out of rhythm. If you have full confidence in that guy, you can, you can cheat a little bit. You can maybe be a little bit more offensive and not stick to that defensive plan that with Barry Trotz or not 
behind the bench there, Nashville's always been a little bit more of that defensive team. And I think there couldn't be a better goaltender to for Rene to pass the torch on onto than the guy that he's been grooming for a few years. So I think goaltending, long or short of it, is is the deciding factor here. Shane says, I just looked it up and Loopline is uh, is a part of a hop. Not surprised. Thank you, Shane. Makes makes a lot more sense with a beer. Um, interesting, just pulled it up, but even strength save percentage. Uh, we have him sitting at fifth right now. So wow. damn good. Like I'm saying, one of the one of the best goalies in the league this season who's not being talked about at all, not even a little bit, is is Saros. There you go. But on the Dallas side, Hoppy, because this season, obviously, without Sagan, uh, tough, tough schedule coming out, losing a ton of players to COVID, basically having their season shut down early. And they've kind of been up and down all season. Of course, the the young rookie, a great story there. It's not like the team is a, is a bad team. They're not the Stanley Cup final team we saw last year. But again, they don't have all their pieces and they haven't had some of their pieces for this entire year. I'd, I'd love to hear your thoughts on it since I you know, rambled on about Nashville there. Yeah, and it's interesting too because you would have thought that not having Bishop all year would be a huge deterrent for them. Uh, Hudobin has been just fine and really more largely Lakeville native from Minnesota. I don't know if it's Ottinger or Ettinger. I've heard both, but he has actually looked the part. He's had his ups and downs for sure, but that's to be expected in your first year up with the big league. But he, I, I think he is absolutely competent enough to be the goalie that can play for this team and push them again, not going on a deep run because let's be real. That's going to be a really, really tough division to come out of really top heavy. Like you look at the you know, teams that won't make it not a whole lot to write home about. And that might explain some of the things that we've seen stat wise, but Dallas is a scary team. They still have one of the best blue lines in the league. They have a lot of offensive depth and a lot of good young talent. If they get a guy like Sagan back and he can play a little bit less minutes and play a deeper role. I mean, they're a team that I don't want to match up with in the first round. But again, I think for Dallas or Nashville, it's probably a first round bounce. Yeah, I would I would say the same unless again, unless Saros carries carries them to the second round. But again, <laughs> we've seen in Minnesota a top goaltender can't carry a team to the second round. We've seen it in Vancouver. A top goaltender can't necessarily carry a team to the second round. In Vancouver, that's Alex Burroughs slaying the dragon, but Again, we actually have some Canucks talk to get into later in the show, so I won't uh, <laughs> I won't use up all my time in this segment. Um, and the so last one, on. I'm going to pretty much defer to you, uh, Minnesota and St. Louis. It's looking like I was probably wrong, but holy shit. Next segment, we will dive in and talk about how awesome it would be if we could have seen that as an actual seven-game playoff series. That I think that's a very balanced, intriguing matchup, unlike you, <laughs> playing well against said. the top two teams. <laughs> Yeah, no, no, well said. Intriguing and well-balanced, and it's it's great hockey. Like, the, products, the product on ice has been awesome, whether it's been, you know, a blowout loss for the Wild or a pure dominant grinding game that they've executed against the St. Louis Blues. They each can play up to each other's level. They each can grind it out. They each can score, and they each have, you know, really damn good goaltending. I'd say even the Wild have the edge in that department this season. This season, no question. I mean, the Wild have that on a lot of teams, but it's been pretty weird to see the fall of Bennington. And I don't know if he's like trying to get himself back into the game by 
trying to be the agitator in that, like going up and challenging other goalies, like giving even Talbot shit. had to tell him to fuck off. And Talbot's, you know, not one who gets too, you know, fired up. I mean, he's had his moments this season as any professional athlete does, but we've, we've talked about this all the time. He's more of that cool, calm, collected style goalie. Yeah. And isn't he the one that had to get absolutely just fucking plastered by, uh, by Mike Smith. Oh, in the yeah. Battle of Alberta. So he this guy's battle tested. at he, center ice. I forgot about that when he was with uh, Edmonton there. You know he wanted nothing to do with that too, but he's not going to be the guy to back down, which I love. I, w- I, I really want him to, next time Bennington gets in his face, just drop the gloves and beat the shit out of him because that's the only way that Bennington's going to stop doing the shit. Yeah, he's going to have to answer one of these days. And, and he's... Hey, Until anyone challenges him, though, I'd keep doing the same thing too. If no one's going to put him in his place... Well, and, he's, and he's been like that his entire career. He's been a, a mouthy goalie, you know, even at the, the minor league level. So that's part of his shtick. That's part of his brand. It's clearly part of his game. Um, but this is the National Hockey League. And I know we're not in the age of the caveman anymore, but he's he's going to have to drop the gloves or, yeah, <laughs> big-ass goalie stick one of these days. Um, That about does it, though. That Those were our beer bets. Well... We don't, I don't even think we really need to run them down again at the end of the season. I mean, they're probably one or two that we, you know, Hoppy will get me with. I got him, but uh, for the most part, we've kept tabs on them throughout the season and uh, we'll continue to make beer bets going into next season as well. Before we, I guess we're not really even switching gears since we're still going to be talking Minnesota Wild here on the other side. Anything else before we close off this segment? No, man, let's get into it. <laughs> Your boy SV, lupus means wolf in Latin. Well, there, there you go. There you go. I did, I did know that Lupin, that Lupin somehow means wolf as well. Um, okay, producers tell me to move on. Let's, let's move on. Uh, <laughs> we're not even really switching gears. We're talking more wild on the other side. Thanks everyone tuning into the live stream, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch, and of course everyone listening back on the Soda Pod episode 150 of the Soda Pod presented by the Hockey Podcast Network. You're, you're listening to the Soda Pod episode 150 presented by the Hockey Podcast Network. I just have to say, um, producer T here, he, we were just talking in a little break there. Um, he knew that Lupin meant wolf because of Harry Potter, because, you know, Professor Lupin is the werewolf. So producer T's seen Harry Potter. That's fine. Everyone's seen Harry Potter. See, Shane knew about that too. You know what producer T hasn't seen? Fucking Star Wars. And I'm not talking the new crap. But like the first three, Hoppy shrugging. What the fuck, Dylan? I haven't watched like a single one. Not what is like, wrong? I just with never. You? I never watched it like growing up. Really, I have no desire for like the space thing. So now it's just like my thing. I'm not gonna watch. You know, man. A New Hope is one of the one of the best movies of all time because of not not only of the great story, but especially like the graphics, the special effects, and well, even today they haven't really aged and. This was the 70s. That's, that's, that's what you say, like, as someone who watched it when it was like, you know, everyone thought it was like the best thing ever. I got the but Blu-ray now, remastered edition down, too, man. Dude, if I sat down and watched it now, I would just be disappointed. With no, it. you wouldn't. Yes. No, I, I'm with him. Yeah. Are you, you kidding Thank me? you. Thank you. Dude, Star, Star Trek is kind of overrated. Like, I get the nostalgia factor, but... Buddy, like, we're not talking Star Trek here. Yeah, 
the one with the lightsabers and shit. Oh, okay. Yeah, he's see, just exactly. being, he's I haven't watched Star Trek, Star Wars, none of the any space stuff. You lose me. I know we were young when we first watched it. But the movies were 20 years old when we first watched them. Yeah, but there wasn't any other, like... They're fine. Out there movies. You are you, are you kidding me? The gonna... Matrix, like, came out, you know, in oh, the 1999, you know, when we were kids growing up watching these movies. And that, I'd say Star Wars is just as just as good effects, just as good of a story. Eh, maybe not just as good of a story, but it's up there. I just... Ne- not. I'm never going to watch Star Wars. I'm going to fucking tie thing. you up next to Pigeon and make you both watch Star Wars. <laughs> How are you? <laughs> Anyways, sorry, that fired me up. We're completely off track here. Uh, let's... Let's get let's jump into some wild talk here, uh, Hoppy. Um, I listened to Dean Evison's uh, one of his post games, and he had a quote calling Erickson X performance a beast performance. Um, would you agree? Yeah, and I think that's been I mean not just in that game, but largely of this season, he has done everything we could have asked of him. Uh, but quick pivot. The better interview question was actually when Everson got asked about why Nico Sturm got moved up in the lineup. And he said it was because that's what all of you being the media have asked me to do. Being Brett Marshall. Got got a lot of laughs. So that was something. Now, if good only he'll creed. take now, if only he takes Rask off the first line for good, then then oh. then we're talking, baby. Then he's then he's actually going on Twitter. Baby steps, baby steps. I think the real question is who who, what handle is Dean Evison's burner account? I don't think he knows how to use Twitter. Mm, I think I think you'd be surprised. Look, Creed Bratton, he's probably on Twitter. I no, think Creed they want to has Creed Bratton has a word doc that he thinks is his like blogging website. Creed thoughts. So no, he, you're proving my point. He absolutely does not know how to use Twitter. His daughter probably set up like a page that says uh, Dean Evison Twitter, and he just like types all of his thoughts on there, and she reads it, and she's like, "Oh my goodness!" At, at the real Creed Bratton. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. Um. <laughs> so 17 goals in the season for Eck, and like Hoppy said, doing everything we we needed him to do with that offensive flair. So maybe everything we need to do and more. What else does this guy have to do to continue to step up his game? Or is he the exact player we need from him right now? Is the ceiling any higher? What are your thoughts on his progression? Because he's not young, but he, he's still not old. Yeah, he's a guy that I can see. Again, he is the prototypical middle six guy, just based on what he can do defensively and just how he meshes with those style of players too. Like you've seen what he's done with guys like, you know, Felino you can't just stick any skilled center with players like that and see them mesh and play the right way together. But I just, he has more room to grow with his ceiling. I just don't ever see him being a one C. I don't, I hope he proves me wrong, but there's, I don't know. We've seen more from him this year than we expected. That's for sure. At least on the offensive side. Uh, Dale Davey says 97, 70, and 36 need Seven. to see it before the playoffs. We would all love to see it before the playoffs. I, hell, I'd like to see it in the playoffs. I'd be okay with it. And thanks for tuning in on YouTube, Dale. Really, really appreciate it. Um, with the wild playoff bound now, Hoppy, what do they need to work on? What will make them successful? And knock on wood, do they get past the first round? I mean, it's not impossible by any means. I think that 
like we've said, they're much, much happier if they match up with Vegas than with Colorado. But I don't know. We've talked about it a lot, especially last year when we were talking about Markstrom in the series. Goaltending can totally take over a seven-game series. And not only is Talbot playing like a man possessed, if he falters or gets hurt or whatever, like Kockenden's absolutely up to the task as well. Yeah. Um, I just the blue line and the goaltending has to carry you because I don't think you can rely on or trust the goal scoring from the forwards. You just don't have the consistency. Like they're either the best power play in the league and the worst five on five team in the league, or they're the worst power play in the league and like an efficient five on five team. We just haven't seen any consistency and you know, Russo's commented on it and I mean, it makes a lot of sense, but everyone's dealing with the same thing not having practices, you can't make the little tweaks that you need to on the ice to properly adjust. Now, come playoff time, you are going to have that time between games. You are going to be able to adjust and reassess, and you're going to know who you're playing against. And I do think the Wild are a team that's very well positioned to kind of read and react and adjust from game to game because they can play a lot of different ways with the personnel that you see. Like, they can play the speed skill game. They can play the physical game like you're seeing now. It's just going to be really, really different to see how everyone handles that adjustment going from the grind that it has been this season to hopefully having a little bit of time to breathe in the postseason. No, right. And well said. And you you even alluded to it in that saying that the, the Avs can't be the team that the Wild played. The Avs need to actually pick it the fuck up and not ve- knock Vegas out of that, uh, or knock Vegas to that second position. They have one game in hand right now for whatever that's worth. Um, that's that's the matchup that the, the Wild should fear. I personally don't think they have a chance against the Avs. It's just a bad matchup, and the Avs beat them other than goaltending in, in every in every facet of that team, up and down. Vegas, sure, on paper, you look at Vegas and you're like, damn, they, they have all the tools to beat any team in the National Hockey League. But the wild matchup against them, tremendously well defensively. They don't have the speed that the Avs have. I would argue that the wild may have more speed uh, in their top six than the Vegas Golden Knights. And the wild have arguably the better defense and better goaltending too. I just think that they, the wild set the pace in that type of, in that series, whereas the Avs would set the pace in that series. And you don't want the Avs setting a pace in any hockey game. So I have a couple counter arguments because I, I do largely agree. You don't yeah. want to play Colorado, but my rebuttal would be first and foremost, if Grubauer is questionable or hurt in any way, that's great because their goaltending is not good behind him. If they're going to rely on Devin Dubnik, Let's go. I'm up for that series. I also think, and it's kind of a weird quirk, but yes, the speed and the skill of the avalanche trumps everybody. Vegas is a lot deeper and more responsible of a team like avalanche. You can play blow for blow and hopefully goaltending saves you. You're going to get a lot more of the brute strength. You're going to get defensive responsibility from Vegas. And to be completely honest, you're going to see Mark stone shadowing Kirill Kaprizov, and that is not good for the Wild. I don't think there's anyone for the Avalanche that can really do that. Mark Stone absolutely can shut down Kaprizov, and that's not at all a knock at Kaprizov. We're talking about hey, crazy, like he has to shut one. Yeah, well, he has to shut one of Fiala or Kaprizov down. He's obviously probably going to pick the new Russian kid who's on fire right now. At least you know, at least the Wild don't have just one 
person that they're putting all their eggs in the basket uh, in regards to producing. They have two now, um, you know, stars, elite players in, in my opinion. So my, my only thing there, Hoppy, is I don't want to get into, you know, a gun slinging match with, with anybody with the wild because the wild sure they can produce, but you said if, if Fiala and Kaprizov are shut down, they're fucked offensively. As far as production, they can right. keep the puck in the offensive zone. They can, you know, they they can run plays, but it's it's just I, I don't care how poor the goaltending is. You don't want to exchange because I think the Avs come out on top. I really do. Yeah, I mean, I, again, I don't disagree, but I'm just saying you look at Talbot versus Dubnik. If Talbot can make some of those saves that Dubnik can't, even though the Avalanche are way better, you're at least in a position to compete where you're looking at Flurry or Laner. That's not a recipe for success, especially yeah. against a more defensively sound team where you're probably not going to get as many offensive opportunities either. But you hit on one thing there that I knock on wood, like I was going to wait until the end of the season to say it. But the one thing that I have asked for, and I'm pretty sure you've been along with me the whole way, they haven't played Fiala and Kaprizov together. And I'm so, so happy for exactly yep. the reason you mentioned. They cannot play together because it's so easy to shut that down and then there is no offense for the team. Look, None love, whatsoever. Love Nico Stern, but he ain't he ain't trading goals with the with the Avalanche. It's not happening. No. And now this is going to be a huge stretch, so bear with me here. But just watching Fiala lately, seeing the way that he's scoring goals, seeing his excitement and like how he reacts on goals, right? He is celebrating harder than anyone, jumping up and hugging people. You see him scream when he scores. He is a light version of Alex Ovechkin. He has the same energy, same goal scoring prowess. Granted, he's never going to compete with Ovechkin over the course of a season, but there's games that he takes over in a very similar capacity. I like he that. He can go up ice the same way. He is not, will not, cannot be Alex Ovechkin, but he is the baby brother version. Yeah, he doesn't have that I can stand in the same spot for 13 years and no one can stop this goal. <laughs> Um, and, and I'd, I'd, I'd also argue that he doesn't have that, you know, North South Hudson Bay row speed that he can just crash the net, but I, it's not I think the he does. Look, it, it, it's, it's a power. It's, it's a power. He can do those power moves. It, it's not OVSK in, in my opinion, but every other facet of his game, because people don't necessarily say that Ovechkin's dynamic in his play. They think he's very a B, you know, this spot he shot was though. He was early. Exactly. In and, and that's what Kaprizov reminds me of those, those little nifty moves where he can quickly spin uh puck off the boards, puck off other players, fucking skates where he like takes it. I don't know if you've noticed, he's done a couple plays where like he's on the boards there, and it, it's hard to see, but you can sometimes pick it up on the replay where he'll be digging for it instead of just like trying to retrieve it or, or poke it, he'll straight up like pass it to the whoever skater is there digging deep their skates and bank it to get it on his stick. Like that's insane. And I Wait, love, are, are, are we talking about Caprizov or Fiala right now? Caprizov Caprizov. I've been talking about Fiala. Oh, <laughs> so that's <laughs> let's move on to the next segment. <laughs> All right. Um, I was just going to say, we, we've gone on a great, uh, you, you could have just, you know, swept that under the rug and just been like, oh, yeah. No, I had to make sure we at least understood each other here. Okay. I was definitely well, talking about Kevin well, shit, Fiala hey, that hey. whole time. Well, look at this. We have two, two mini OV comparisons. So can't, uh, 
can't complain. Um, I, I had a lot of stuff teed up for for some NHL points. Um, we don't honestly even need to get to them on on this episode. We can put some on the shelf and bring them back uh, on the the Wednesday slash Thursday live stream and and podcast because we do have our friend James Murray of Everything College Hockey coming on in a few minutes. But it is Sunday, and I wanted to get into Tim Peel's hot mic of the week. So we'll we'll scratch the other NHL talk. Like I said, bring some of the stories back on the next podcast. But right now, we got a banger. It's not in hockey. It's not in NFL. And uh, it's going to the MLB, where the New York Mets manager, Terry Collins, had a little bit of a freakout. So hit that music. Let's dive into Tim Peel's Hot Mic of the Week. Hot and so hot and so hot and It wasn't much, but I wanted to get a fucking penalty against Nashville early. Tim Peel's hot mic of the week. Thanks, everyone, by the way, tuning in on the live stream, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch, and everyone back on the podcast. Episode 150, 150 episodes of the Soda Pod started by a random hockey fan in Vancouver Island. We really appreciate all the support uh, up until now. This is a is a pretty cool milestone when you step out of the bubble and look at 150 more than 150 hours of podcasting, and it's been a pleasure uh, to do it with Hoppy here uh, this second season and and the, the later half of the first. But anyways, Tim Peel's hot mic of the week. Like I said, New York Mets manager Terry Collins. Nothing new for him freaking out. Um, this one, though, we got it all on the mic, and the umpire and him just going at it. Let's hit it. Tim Peel's hot mic of the week. Take him, take him, take him, take him. Terry, 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 Baseball. <laughs> Why do people get so fucking pissed in baseball? It's the slowest paced game ever. It's the only way they can get their adrenal up, man. Like exactly I'd probably get that. bored and fall asleep coaching that. Oh my god, man! Like I, it, it blows my mind to see line. Bra- are they called line brawls? Dugout brawls in baseball? Like what the fuck? Like one like one comment sets all that off. I mean, this is professional sports. You think these people have been? Pros that chirping each other since you know 16 years old. Ah, it's it's crazy. It, it blows my mind. Especially like there was obviously it wasn't a chirp or anything. It was a something to do with the game that that set off Terry Collins. But like he was fucking going off. The producers were losing it. You're listening to that one. I, I don't know. Again, like I'm Canadian. I've seen um, a few of the previous uh, Blue Jays managers go nuts mostly because the team is was absolute shit for so many years and probably just had enough of that in the crazy Toronto media. But again, I'm not in the hockey world. I I know everyone, a lot of people listening to this podcast are huge twins guys. Like 
Are there any memorable freakouts with the Twins? I know you're not a huge baseball guy, but you're obviously more plugged in being in the state. Yeah, I don't have anything for you. <laughs> Nothing. Um, I don't. <laughs> I'm just still, I'm just still blown away because I, I was going through some of the look, you know, choosing a clip for this week, and I found that tennis and baseball, very crazy freakouts. Tennis, I, I can imagine. There's so much on the line, and it's such oh. a. It's such a mental game, right? Because it's you and your opponent and uh, good old uh, Johnny McEnroe. I was listening to like... I was just going to say, give me some Johnny McEnroe. I, I, I'll, I'll get one maybe for next week or so the week after. They're hard to find because a lot of them aren't mic'd up. You just see him <laughs> just yelling, but back yeah. in uh, you know, the, the 80s there, the, they didn't really have the the mics or the booms above the, the court like they do today or even just on the sidelines there. But man, he had some legendary fucking freakouts. It didn't matter. Players, refs, um, coaches, fans, he went after them all. And that's what you love tennis about <laughs> tennis moms, them all. Hey, even in Mr. Deeds. <laughs> yes, he did. He did have a cameo in Mr. Deeds. That was great. Un- underrated Sandler movie for sure. I like that one. Had uh, Sandy Cohen from the OC. He was in that one too. Uh, <laughs> while we await our uh, our friend uh, James Murray of Everything College Hockey, um, let's go to break. Let's uh, let's hear from a word from our friends at HF Board. And if we have to fill in uh, fill in any of the blanks while we wait for him, we'll jump into some NHL talk. Uh, that's been Tim Peel's hot mic of the week. Uh, I'll make a Twitter post after this at the Soda Pod and even one on Facebook. If you have any suggestions for Tim Peel's Hot Mic of the Week, please send them our way, comment them, or uh, or send us a message again uh, at the Soda Pod on Twitter and Facebook. Thanks everyone tuning into the podcast. Thanks everyone tuning in on the live stream. Uh, on the other side, everything college hockey or some NHL talk. Uh, <laughs> Soda Pod's presented by the Hockey Podcast Network. HF Boards is the internet's largest and long-running community for discussion surrounding ice hockey, including coverage on the NHL, college teams, and anywhere else the sport is played globally. Join in nearly half a million of active conversations happening on HF Boards today. All right, last segment of the show. We're going to have to rag the puck a little bit here, Hoppy, but that's okay. Uh, that's what you get for doing a podcast on the live stream. Sometimes, you know, sometimes the scheduling gets a little mixed up there. Um, like I said, we had some hockey topics that we uh, decided to put on the shelf for next week since we got an open segment right here. Let's uh, let's dive into a few of them. And again, a little bit Canucks heavy here because they've been in the news. Uh, starting with the gentle giant, Nikita Triampkin not returning with the Vancouver Canucks. Now, Minnesota <laughs> Minnesota Wild fans are probably like, what the fuck, who is this guy? He was the guy that was supposed to be the next Zdeno Chara, but he doesn't play that game. He's a beast, um, almost seven feet tall, pretty good defensively, plays well in Russia, but never never could get the NHL game. Hated Vancouver, hated that every street uh, near Robson smelt like weed. Um, and he was actually very open about that too, which was pretty funny. His wife couldn't find any work and he was just miserable for some reason. I'm just kind of pulling back the curtain to Minnesota wild and and general hockey fans. When Canucks fans dial in on someone they want to dress with that orca crest, 
they do not shut the fuck up about it for like until they're no longer property of the team. Like Nikolai Goldobin, people are still thinking he's going to come back and save the Canucks. People have been talking about Triamkin for the last few years. I'm so happy that reporter Rick Dollywall out of Vancouver said that he has signed two years in Russia and it's done. It's done. No more soda pod, no more stick and rink, no more sports net, no more Nikita Triamkin. I'm fucking pumped. Exactly that. All right. We got James on the line. Let's bring him on. James Murray of everything college hockey. What's up, man? Long time. No talk. How are you? (laughs) I'm good. I'm good. I took a little vacation, a little time off after the championship. Uh, That was a week of being hung over, but uh, yeah, now we're ready to go. We're we're talking college hockey again and posting again and uh, just coming up with plans for the off season and next season already. So um, no, yeah, it it was a fun time out there and, you know, I'm, I'm glad we still got the NHL now for a couple of months, but uh, yeah, it was good to have a couple of weeks off. I was hockeyed out for a little bit there. Yeah. And now <laughs> before we get into some college talk, I, I got to say that's a beautiful sweatshirt you have there. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, no, it's very comfortable, but uh, yeah, love the penguins, love the wild, the wild big <sighs> game last night, but uh yeah, I mean, James, I don't know if you know this, but Hoppy's like he's a Pittsburgh fan first, even before Minnesota. <laughs> so you guys are you guys just became best friends. It's gonna be good. I like this. Um, let's dive into your trip, man, because we haven't touched base since before you guys um left for the Frozen Four. Obviously, I'm sure you have so many stories that can't can't be packaged <laughs> into a 10 15 minute segment here, but uh, just Give us the outline of the the whole week, like you said, and and the road trip and what you guys did there, some of the content that you'll be bringing out, um, and just the whole experience as a whole. We want to hear it. Yeah, yeah. I think the you know the content we got out there was better than I thought we were going to get. Um, but I think what made it such a special trip was you know the drive out there and how much of a grind that was. Uh, you know, we we left Wednesday night at like 10 p.m. here in Minnesota. And then, uh, you know, I drove probably six hours of the 12 hours on that drive and sat in the passenger seat for the other six hours. But I didn't get a minute of sleep that first night. And here we are. We're showing up at the team hotel. All four teams from the Frozen Four are in our hotel. We're at the Westin. And I didn't get one minute of sleep. And it's like, what, 10 a.m.? I don't even know what time we pulled into Pittsburgh. 10 a.m. And I'm just grinding. We, I grind the whole day until midnight that night. And I'm just exhausted. Feel sick. And everyone, everyone got like max two hours of sleep that whole way um we're stopping at burger king at three in the morning and i don't even know what state like we never knew where we were every time we stopped but then we show up and um we're at the nicest hotel in pittsburgh with all four of the frozen four teams as soon as we pull up umass is coming off the bus from practice going back into the hotel it was just it was a weird experience like i was like all the boys no one go close to any of the boys we do not want to get anyone COVID. it was such a weird time um it was just i don't know the fans were there but they didn't get anywhere close to the players you know we as we're leaving for the trip, UMass comes out and says, we got two players who have COVID who can't play the semifinal game. So we were all scared. And, um, but it was, you know, COVID aside, it was a great, great trip all around. We got the content and best part, we got to um, celebrate with UMass after their championship wins. So that was a once in a lifetime experience for sure. And uh, the video is coming out this Friday. Nice. Um, yeah. We're, we're ready to drop that this Friday, I believe. So, um, but yeah, no, it's, we got so much footage. I mean, we have like four hours of footage at least that we had to skim through and uh, turn it down a little bit, but a lot of behind the scenes stuff, but uh, yeah. So, well, that's awesome, James. And for those who haven't subscribed on YouTube to everything college hockey and who haven't listened to their podcast, pucks and deep pucks and deep is awesome. Uh, featuring some of the best 
of the best in college hockey. Um, James and the crew do an outstanding job also diving into to everything in regards to that world. And your video content on YouTube is, is second to none. So I'm just super excited as a fan of that as well. So you tease a little bit of the video content. Do you have anything podcast related uh, coming up from that weekend as well? Uh, we actually didn't do a podcast. We were gonna with um, a member from St. Cloud, but it's just it was just too hard to get a podcast out that week. But we did come up with a podcast the week after with the national champion uh, captain Jake Godet out of UMass and their assistant coach, um, DeMike there. But uh, then we took two weeks off. We didn't do a podcast in Pittsburgh though. It's just it's too risky, and we just didn't want to do them by ourselves. But uh, right. we, you know, we were out, got a lot of shots of Pittsburgh and players leaving the hotel and um they let us bring a camera into the building for the championship game so we got some footage from there um but not for the semifinals and then we have a lot of videos like you guys are about to see i don't know if we put one out on tiktok i think but we were going around the whole you know ppg arena in pittsburgh with smelling salts in our pocket and going up to fans like you want to do a video with us doing smelling salts oh that's awesome <laughs> i mean the fan just got the fans going everyone's just pissed drunk i mean doing the smelling salts, it's funny. <laughs> that's a clip <laughs> it's, it's a great clip it's a great clip it's uh it it was a, just a good experience and i i think uh my team and especially myself were all surprised that uh how many people recognize ECH? You know, we're wearing our ECH stuff. We have the ECH flag. I think uh, cool, man. that was the best experience of my life, getting recognized and taking pictures with fans, them knowing who we were, and it makes all the work that we do worth it for sure. So definitely hey, the, fans the biggest sure. and yeah. the best in college hockey, everything <laughs> college you. hockey. Yeah, yeah. No, it's we're excited for Boston next year. And, um, yeah, hopefully we get to meet some more fans. And hopefully we have 100% capacity next season throughout. So that's the biggest goal, I think. If only. And yeah. talk about PPG paints then. I've only heard great things. And yeah. I'm sure not everything was open there, but talk about it. Not every, I think uh, this might have to do with COVID um, and them not, you know, having the people to sell to, but their food was actually terrible. But other than that, the rink was beautiful. The city was beautiful. Like it was all around. I mean, a, just a, yeah, great facility and everything. I think the food was just bad because no one, they haven't sold food there in a while. I don't know. But that was at the concessions. But other than that, it's just, it, there's not too many better places that I've been to to watch a hockey game. So, um, and like, are I we said, talking? Are we talking just like old musky hot dogs, or just like failed was, attempt at some crazy shit? It's just yeah, chicken fingers weren't good, the hot dogs, the burgers, nothing was. The beer tastes good, and that was it. <laughs> I mean, at the end of the day, that's all that counts, though, right? Yeah, 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 no, yeah. yeah we went out to get food for the championship game before, and uh, the restaurants there were great, and uh, I think the atmosphere overall was still pretty great for only twenty five percent capacity. So right. a lot of well, and being, and that? being able to film in the, in the championship game, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. I, I wouldn't think you'd get that opportunity if not for COVID because of just everything going on in the arena. Yeah. Yeah. I think what, what we'd want is like, um, um, media passes to film from the lower, you know, on the ground level. And then you're filming up towards the stands. That's what we kind of did at Wisconsin and North Dakota, those schools that we visited, but here we are in the stands and there's a couple video a little bit of video from in the stands and stuff, but uh, I think after the game was nuts. You know, we we got on ESPN uh, as the UMass is skating around with the trophy and our big flags right there on ESPN. We got a, yes captured a picture of that and posted that and that went off, so that was fun. Um, but then yeah, just I mean, seeing the fans, we so you walk up the concourse after they won and did their trophy thing. You go down to the concourse where the gates are, um, and it's just a pool of UMass people just screaming and just hammered, drunk, and the party went on all night. It was like a mile walk to the team hotel and just, it was a party from there on out. 
it was insane. And then we got to hold the trophy and take pictures with the trophy and beers in our hands. It doesn't get better than that. So, oh man, it sounds like <laughs> it sounds like a near a near perfect you know experience, especially you know from the perspective of trying to get content, but also just having fun as well in these crazy times. Like I said, it sounds like it was the best case scenario. Yeah, yeah. And on top of that, we got great hockey games, right? I mean, it was the St. Cloud Mankato game was five four back and forth all game. And Duluth, UMass was overtime first night. And then obviously the championship game was kind of a blow up, but those first two games to lead up was insane. And then, yeah, I mean, anytime you win a championship, that's doesn't matter what the score of the game was. That's a, that's an achievement that you'll, you know, never forget. So it was fun to watch. Definitely For fun sure. to watch. And so what are you thinking going into next year then? MNCAA, Minnesota teams, do we have a good chance to get several representatives back into the Frozen Four? Yeah, I think Bemidji State has a lot of returners. I think the Gophers are probably going to have one of the tougher times. Out of it. I think St. Cloud's got a lot of returners coming. Um, nothing's official yet, but that's what I've heard. Um, well, who's the, Who are the Gophers losing besides they, they, Ranta? They lost Ranta. McManus is gone, who was a captain for their team. He's going to Omaha. Yeah. Um, I think Benny Myers is staying, though. So um, McLaughlin will be back. Waka will be back. Those guys. Munson, a, a senior vet who's – you know, third, fourth line, third line guy, but he plays every game. Uh, they're going to lose him. And, um, but other than that, they got great recruits coming in and they, they added Crookshank from Colorado college. So that's, um, a huge ad for the Gophers and, um, a guy who wore a C at a different school. So like, that's anytime you can do that, uh, you're going to be well off. And, and, uh, the Mike Richter award, uh, laughers coming back between the pipes for, uh, for the Gophers. So I think they're going to be, they're going to be good, but I just think, St. Cloud again will be back, and I think Bemidji State could be back. Mankato, I don't know. I don't know about Mankato, but St. Thomas will probably not first year, but I don't know. What are your guys' thoughts? <laughs> no, for first couple of years will probably be tough, but eventually yeah. they'll round into form. Yeah, yeah, and Duluth will obviously be right there again too. So it's – yeah, I think there is a good chance we see maybe one or two teams back in the Frozen Four for Minnesota next year. I know the Gophers are not happy with their performance versus Mankato. I, I hung out with them last week, and uh, yeah. They, they got blood in the water. They're ready to come back. So, hey, that that's what we want to hear from <laughs> fans. Uh, yep. So, in regards to you know now former college players who've gotten a chance either in the National Hockey League or you know in in pro leagues that are still going on, uh, is there anyone you've been following not named Cole Caulfield? Because I obviously <laughs> know you've been following him. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Um. New hook. Um. He actually just got called up to the taxi squad for the Avalanche today. Um, and then Sampo as well. Ranta. Oh, hell yeah. Sampo's put up like five points in 10 games. It was like five points in five games. Cool up a little bit, but new hook. I think he has nine points in 10 games. So he just got called to the taxi squad from, from, um, in Colorado there. But, uh, another BC guy, Boldy, um, he's doing well for Iowa. And I think he should be called to the taxi squad for the playoffs here. You know, he definitely has the skill. Um, other than that, Kirstead's already made his debut. Bernard Docker, uh, Shane Pinto. You know, a bunch of Ottawa guys uh, getting their chance early there. And um, I think that they fit in and it's just they're not on the best team. So it's hard to produce. But, um, no, it's been exciting to see these guys jump right into the, the National League and uh, make it make an impact for their teams right away. Newhook is such a fucking stud. I got the Victoria oh. Grizzlies sweater on right now. Shout out BCHL where he developed. <laughs> it was yeah. crazy, man. When I went and watched him in those games, like, you go to junior games and you you see the competition. Usually it's pretty even all around. Then there's like one or two players. You're like, okay, yeah, they got a little, <laughs> little extra juice there. Um, you know, even in you know the Western Hockey League or the BCHL, this guy 
was a fucking man amongst boys. Yeah, I don't even say just like his body type. Obviously, he was a bigger player, and but the way he skated around other guys, the way he handled the puck. It, uh, my producer Dylan, we actually went to see a playoff game against the the, the Grizzlies there, and we were blown away. Mm-hmm. And we just do that. It didn't matter, like one, two years in college, whatever the kid wants, he's gonna make the National Hockey League, and he's gonna yeah, he's gonna quickly bypass the AHL. And the only reason that he probably has to stay there for any length of time, be it you know next season or the year after, is just because of the Avs roster being so good. This guy's yes. ready for the for the pros in the National Hockey League. And I think Ranta is too, and I think those are two dangerous players right there like that, that the Avs don't even need right now. I think they're already the best team in the National League. So here, and I don't know. That's scary to see that they're getting those both of those guys coming, as well as other prospects coming. But um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I think those are the guys that'll um, that I've, I've really noticed. Uh, Hardman made his debut for Blackhawks from BC. Who else? Am I missing anyone big right now? I feel like I'm missing someone. Oh, oh no, that's two years ago. But uh, our boy Jeremy Swayman, who played at Maine, the goaltender for there, he made his Bruins debut. He's got a shutout and a win under his belt, two wins. Nice. Yeah, so I've been watching him. So, um, But, yeah, I think it's cool. You've seen more and more NCAA players make their their uh, their move to the NHL, and they're doing well, too. So Sean made his debut. He was the captain for St. Cloud last year. He made his debut a couple weeks ago. And, um, yeah, no, we'll see. We'll see who uh, makes it towards the end here in the playoff push. Um, what do you guys think of the Wild right now, though? I got to ask. I mean, I'm a little nervous. I like their performance. I thought they almost <laughs> lost three in a row to the Blues last night. So, despite a miracle, I mean, that was not a good look. Yeah, it's yeah. it definitely looks like playoff hockey, which yeah. is good. Yeah. We were talking about earlier in the show that they they do match up well against each other because they they kind of they all they both got some grit. Mm-hmm. They they both have skill. Um, they both have goaltending though. The wilds is playing much better this season. And in most areas it's, it's kind of even, which makes for an outstanding, like I said, playoff series, regular season, COVID series, whatever you, whatever you want to call it, string of games back to back to back against each other in regards to the playoffs. What we talked about earlier on the show and, and, uh, the few weeks running now is we're scared of the Avs. Now Hoppy brought some good points saying that like there are some weaknesses that the wild could exploit there. But the better matchup is is Vegas, and I'd I'd rather see Vegas drop to two in the division so they could take on the Wild because throughout the regular season, we've seen the Wild have success against Vegas, and I think that they just have their number in some areas as well where that even if the Avs goaltending fails compared to the Wilds, I I personally don't think the the Wild can get into a a gunslinging goal match, like trading goals with, with the Avs. And yeah, no, they can't. And even if they made it to the cup, you know, say the Maple Leafs make it, they're not the same thing. They just don't have the offense that can be. Buddy, if the Maple Leafs. Leafs make it, the Wild are winning because they're the biggest <laughs> choke artists in all they of are, North they America. Have more offensive pieces than we do. I just, I don't know. I, I, I would not bet on the Leafs ever. So yeah. that's just me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I may be a little How about biased. this, though? Hang on, James. What, what, how do we feel about the Penguins going into the playoffs? I I always like them going in the playoffs. I think they always got it. Anytime you got 87 on your team, you always got a chance. So, I mean, they're deep. They've been there before. I don't – I like them. I like them. I like – yeah, I like Montreal too. I do. I don't – You like you like Caulfield. Be honest. No, I like their whole team. I liked them before Caulfield. Now that they got <laughs> Caulfield, they definitely got 
I mean, the oh, kid God. almost scored on his first shot. He's just flying. Hey, OT winner, first goal in the National Hockey League. Can't get much better than that. No, you can't. You can't. That was a great, great goal for him. And um, yeah, he's going to continue to prove his name. I think he's jumped like, not that this matters, but he, since his debut, he's jumped like 40,000 followers on Instagram. I mean, that, that's just, that's huge for college hockey, though, that, you know. Hey, the you, next level and... you play in Montreal. You could be a fourth liner. You dress us three times. You're getting a bump. So that's all. Like I said, that's awesome. For, I'm not I'm nothing against him. That's awesome yeah. for college hockey. It's huge for college hockey, and it's you know he's only going to continue to grow and hope he does well. But I think it was pretty cool that his uh, his debut versus Calgary. There, he's lined up with the other Hobie Baker winner, good, good uh, Johnny Gaudreau there on the faceoff to start his career. Oh, that's cool. I mean, that was a cool picture. But um, yeah, no, I think who's taller. Than- yeah, I was gonna say with every other player towering over them. <laughs> yeah, right. right. <laughs> but uh, no, I, that's big for the game. We need to see more people go there to help expand the game. But um, yeah, no. All in all, it was fun to watch him. I'm sad I don't, I don't get to cover him anymore. I'm a little butthurt about that. But um, yeah, but well, at least he's not on Wisconsin. I'll take that. Yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> that's true. But um, yeah, it'll be interesting. I can't. You know, now it's time for new kids to get their chance and be that name in college hockey. So. I'm excited to meet those guys and, and watch them uh, excel at their career. So, yeah, I mean, m- much like junior yeah, hockey, I, I if, gotta ask. Or go, go ahead, Hoppy. Well, I was just gonna ask, how shocked are you that Sammy Walker is staying for another year? Um, not shocked. I think same situation that uh, you know, obviously Ranta and uh, Newhook left, but Tampa Bay's roster is pretty, pretty nice as as it is right now. I think uh, why not wear the C one more year? Um, there's no, there's no rush for him. I think he's going to get a shot no matter what. And I think the Gophers are a contender with him staying there. So, you know, he's got good recruits. He's got one more year, hopefully at fans next year. Hopefully fans are back at Mariucci. I know the boys missed the fans this year. And um, like it's going to be, what, his third, fourth year wearing the C for the Gophers, his hometown team. So um, it's tough to pass that up when you know you got a chance at a championship. And uh, and when, the you know, the Bolts are already a stacked roster, it's tough to crack. Yeah, that that's fair. And do you think that, okay, Will the fans be back or will the fans really be back? Like, let's be real. The past like five years, there have not been fans. COVID aside. Like, uh, I think they'll be back. I think they got a, their their decor is coming back. And that's what's really important for the Gophers as well as their goalie who won the Mike Richter. I mean, I think I, you know, I talked to McManus a lot and, and Reedy and they lost Reedy. That's another huge loss. But I think, you know, the boys are saying, yeah, if we were 10 and 0, like who's not coming to Mariucci on, uh, Friday, Saturday night when you're undefeated like that. And I think they got the same chance to do that next year. But um, I think there's fans missing college hockey for so long and it's going to, it's going to be, it's going to be packed at every rank. That's my goal. I mean, that's my hope, but I don't know. We'll see what the NFL, I think the NFL, cause that starts before college hockey. So if they're packing their, obviously a lot of it's outside, but if they're packing it, I mean, why not at least 50% at every rink? We'll see the vaccines out. That helps. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. What are your guys' thoughts? You think we'll have 100% capacity next season? By I October? mean, continuing with the rollout, I mean, just from a, a perspective of, of vaccinations, like the United States should get pretty close to at least get to, you know, a half capacity around that time. I mean, the last I checked, it was just over 30% of the states have been vaccinated. Canada, two. So yeah. we, <laughs> we're lagging yeah. behind as we U- usually Universal health care, baby. Woo! Um, <laughs> I, I think you nailed it though, James, that exactly my thoughts is NFL is king. And if yeah. they get fans back in, everyone else will follow. Yep. Yep. And I think, you know, the Rangers selling out a couple of weeks ago in baseball, like those 40,000, like ass to ass, there was nowhere to move. 
I don't know how many cases. I'm curious to see how many cases of COVID came out of that game. It's but Texas. We won't hear. It's, it's we won't Texas, hear yeah. <laughs> like just for like for the researchers and the the doctors and stuff looking into that. Like, I don't know. I hope I hope there's there's a chance that we get our fans back next year because the, the game needs it. And uh, yeah, I don't know. It's, I mean, hey, that's a good point. Yeah. There. I mean, if you're gonna get data to see if it's working, not working, what can do better. I mean, why why not get the data from the team, the state that just is quote-unquote back yeah. uh, to normal they're, they're um the, so i mean if nfl can do it we'll see i think nhl will have a consensus they'll, they'll you know they'll have a vote on what they're doing before college hockey starts next year too if they're gonna allow fans back and i don't know what you think nhl will start late next year or on time with how late not as late as this year i'd say maybe a month maybe a month later yeah a month later than what we're used to maybe yeah no i don't know maybe a shortened season again i don't know but We'll see. We'll see. I think uh, this yeah. is Gary Bettman we're talking about. He's gonna he's gonna fight tooth and nail to not have a shortened season again. I think that they gotta get on. They gotta get it going on time with now being uh, airing on ESPN next year. So that's uh, yeah. yeah, that's been huge news too. I'd like to briefly touch on just ESPN yeah. picking up NHL. That's huge for hockey in general, and then college hockey hopefully just follows along. But that's big news. I think uh, I don't know. Hopefully it doesn't get too political and stuff, but. I think NBC did a great job and I just, you know, we just need a bigger market. No, I think it's super exciting. It's definitely going to reach more sports fans outside of just the hockey bubble in the United States. And and that's what's, that's what's needed. Cause obviously in Canada, it's a little different. It's, it's pumped on. Yeah. It's pumped first and foremost. Right. Um, but with these networks now having, you know, the, the clout, the financial backing, the, just so many more personalities that are going to come into the fold for this. I, I think that's going to be really positive for the sport. Yeah, yeah, I'm excited. And on more channels too, right? And well, channels TNT, as far as hey, well, and like I'm a hundred percent convinced, one hundred percent convinced that that whole graphic mess up where they had uh, what was it, Ference instead of McDavid? Oh yeah, like that was a hundred percent intentional, and it was genius because it got people freaking out, being like, "Oh, they already don't know hockey." They don't care. They just want everyone to know that that's where hockey's going to be, and if you want to watch, you're gonna tune in. You don't care if they didn't put McDavid on the graphic. Dude, I thought it was know, genius. You know, Charles Barkley in the playoffs is just going to go off. Oh, I love it. It's great. You know, what's funny is he actually is not in the regular season, but when but, playoffs come around, he's, he's a hockey guy. He's actually been quoted saying that like the Stanley cup playoffs are the most competitive playoffs in professional sports. Not like not even close. And yeah. so that's why he's like, if I want to see the best competition in sports, I watch the Stanley Cup playoffs. And that's so cool to hear from a guy like Charles, who was, you know, in his prime, one of the top players in the in the NBA. Yep. No, it's huge. That's huge for the sport. And like you said, there's going to be more faces coming out and saying stuff like that. And that's only going to help the game grow. And you're going to see more players that everyone knows, like Austin Matthews and stuff, growing a social media following and being ambassadors for the league and stuff like that in the game. Totally. So, yeah, it's huge. It's huge. I'm I'm happy. Hey, and some and some of the stories and clips and whatnot coming out of that, uh, we'll have fun dissecting and talking about in this segment too uh, down the road. Uh, before we let you go here, James, um, I know you hinted a little bit at some of the content you have coming out on the video side and the podcast, but throughout the rest of the summer, I mean, you guys don't really pump the brakes. You you kind of keep the keep the train rolling. Uh, what what can fans expect from uh, Team ECH this summer? Um, I think as long as we get approved by schools, <laughs> that's you know that's the big if and the COVID stuff you can expect us to go to some schools. Um, there's off season workouts. The boys and, and girls are, are working out at their facilities. Um, we're going to plan to visit some schools this summer and see what it's like, you know, 
what is the off season like? You know, these guys don't just show up in October uh, on October 13th and just drop the puck. They're working their ass off all season long. And I think we're going to, we're going to try to get behind the scenes video of that. And, you know, you're going to see stuff like, you know, how do, how do these guys get um, equipment? You know, what are they, what apparel do they get going to school? You see back to school videos, everything. I mean, as long as the podcast, as well as the podcast will keep going too. And um, yeah, but I think we want to get in depth with the whole recruiting process, everything, you know, what is it like to go to college and play hockey at the division one level? I think that's what we want to capture this, this off season. And that's super exciting. Um, every time, you know, you join us here on the soda pod, you can find uh, that segment also everyone on pucks and deep. So subscribe uh, to their feed, subscribe to everything college hockey on YouTube. Check them out on TikTok, Instagram, the whole nine yards now featured on fucking ESPN as well as the soda pod. Um, again, thanks. Thanks a lot, James. We really appreciate it. Uh, we'll see you in this segment uh, again very soon. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, I'll text you. I'll text you tonight or tomorrow. All right, buddy. Talk right. to you. You guys have a good one. Thanks. Talk to you later. later. James Murray of Everything College Hockey. He showed. He delivered. I love it. Man, he and I are going to get so drunk for some of the Penguins playoff <laughs> games. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Um, well, that's all the time we have for you folks here on episode 150 of the Soda Pod. Uh, thanks to everyone tuning in on the live stream, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch. And thanks to everyone who supports us on the podcast side, Google, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts from. Uh, the best thing you can do for us, though, today, this week, whenever, is give us five stars and a kind review on iTunes and Apple Podcasts. You don't even have to leave a kind review. Tell us what you're drinking uh we really appreciate it as it just helps boost our podcast on the charts and it helps our business go listen to any other hockey podcast that you desire both nhl or niche based every niche in the sport we have a podcast for on the hockey podcast network and again on your app of choice please download any of the episodes before you listen as it really helps us on the business side uh don't forget to follow myself at vi sports talk you can follow the show at the soda pod on Twitter and Facebook. And of course the hockey podcast network at hockey pod net on all social media channels. You can find hoppy at state of hoppy on Twitter and Instagram. Always posting uh, these beautiful care packages that some of these breweries who are uh, featured now in the soda pot are giving you as well as uh, some of the tap rooms, the latest one being dangerous men. So give them a follow there on Instagram and Twitter. Boys, a little update on the uh, producer situation. It looks like we lost our producer halfway through the show. Just got up, walked so, out, so walked right out. Hop, on me. Hoppy can and the, and the stream and the, those tuning in the live stream can't see, but there is an empty seat next to me where producer T was. He even took over full time at one point, and then Dylan walks in. Just he's not here. He's gone. I don't know what happened. Car gone from the parking lot. Couldn't take the heat. Couldn't fucking take the heat. Twenty five minutes of soda pod. That'll do it to you. A little Irish accent action. <laughs> Thanks, Hoppy. You put him over the edge there. Busting out his Schultzy impression from. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> From Letterkenny. That's exactly how he sounds. Oh, that's awesome. Oh, by the way, I didn't bring this up early in the show. And before we end, uh, I just want to give a, a, qu a quick plug. Robin Lehner actually is going to be the next guest on a Hockey Podcast Network production in uh, joined by uh, Same Here Global Mental Health. Um, Eric Hewson, Theo Fleury, and Sports Insider Darren Ravel. They have a podcast uh, produced and distributed by the Hockey Podcast Network called We're All a Little Crazy. And Robin Lender is actually going to be featured on as their next guest. The podcast drops every Friday. And this one, this one's going to be a banger because obviously 
Robin Leonard, we, we all know the stories with his uh, struggles and triumphs with mental health. And he's very, very close with uh, Eric and the boys there. We're all little crazy podcasts, but he has a bone to pick with them. And uh, that that's the tease that I'll that I'll uh, that I'll give you guys. I got an email from Eric saying this one is going to be fiery. Make sure the listeners know. So humble plug out there. If you haven't already, we're th- we're three episodes in. Uh, we're all a little crazy podcast. Great guests, raw, real mental health talk coming from uh, some of the three big names in sport in the sports world who've all faced uh, very unique uh, challenges in life that they they both talk about and uh, dissect on this on that podcast. So again, we're all a little crazy. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from. You have anything else, Hoppy? You good to go? We're good. Last, I said this last thing. Last, last comment. I I never realized. I, actually, let me put it this way. I can't hear that you're like a Minnesotan from your accent until you say rounds. I, I noted that on my thing. You said rounds a couple times and I just wrote rounds. <laughs> so so there you go. You, you, you hide your accent well, unlike some of our friends and locals who come on the soda pod. But uh, rounds, that's, that's the giveaway from the state of Hoppy there. That's funny, man, because I've been in a lot of different like sales roles and I've been told so many times, like people think that not that I have a strong Minnesotan accent that they like say I'm Canadian. So, yeah, you know what? He sounds more Canadian than me sometimes. Uh, signing off, I'm Isha Dromi alongside the state of Hoppy. This has been the Soda Pod presented by the Hockey Podcast Network. We good, man? Rounds. <laughs> Don't fear, just drink some beer and stay wild. Now a show that's going to give you the truth about the biggest epidemic of our times. We're all a little crazy. We're all a little crazy is brought to you by the Same Here Global Mental Health Movement and the Hockey Podcast Network. This is NHL great mental health advocate and member of the Same Here Alliance, Theo Fleury. This is 20-year professional sports executive, mental health advocate, and founder of the hashtag Same Here Global Mental Health Movement, Eric Cusin. This is Darren Ravel, sports business insider, mental health advocate, and founder of the Same Here Influencer Alliance. We're so afraid as a society to rip the Band-Aid off the topic in a real way. Anytime you open up about something that's controversial or taboo, the first one through the wall always gets bloodied. And that's why we're doing this. We don't mind being the ones getting bloodied. We put our stories out there well before it was a thing to do for a reason. Because as much as they're extreme examples of how far you can fall, they show everyone the challenging life experiences impact everyone, even those of us who have reached the top of our competitive industries. The issue in media today, traditional media and social media, we are so quick to look for simple answers, simple explanations. We want everything wrapped in a bow. But this topic is messy. The nuances need to be explained. Yeah, it needs real long-form conversation like this. I'm just thrilled that we can be real with people and address the current events happening in this space in real time and set the record straight. More talk happening doesn't mean it's helping the conversation move forward. The words we use matter. We have the greatest mental health awareness in the history of our planet, and yet the mental health trends and outcomes are awful. It means the current messages aren't working. Find me a person who hasn't faced trauma in their lives. Anyone. You can. Things have affected all of us. It's why we all say 
We are all a little crazy in our own unique ways. This topic isn't for one in five of us with mental illness. It's for five in five whose mental health has been impacted. This isn't an athlete issue. It's not a musician issue. It's a societal one. This is the greatest epidemic of our time. No, it's not about stopping any stigma. It's about us all saying same here. Our openness and the commonality in our struggles, that's what erodes stigma better and faster than any campaign telling people to stop anything ever will. Available on all podcast apps. Do us a favor and download each episode before you listen. And if you're an Apple user, please rate and review the podcast as it helps us get these important conversations out to reach a larger audience.